covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us for another week's worth of Milwaukee Brewers talk. It was a very, very quiet week this past week. We really don't have anything new to talk about or anything uh, new to really uh, throw out there compared to what we have talked about in a previous podcast. I'll say this, though, this upcoming week as we lead into Brewers on deck, for whatever reason, it certainly seems like the Brewers tend to make moves in front of the on-deck event. We'll see if they've got one up their sleeve uh, this week. More about that in just a moment. Let's do our normal housekeeping items here at the top of the podcast. Uh, a special hello to everybody who is listening on 540 ESPN as part of Doug Russell's Pod Center. Always enjoy uh, hearing from folks who uh, catch the podcast on 540. If you do want to get in contact with me, best way to do so is via Twitter. Find me on Twitter at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Multiple ways to listen to the podcast, WTMJ.com, the WTMJ mobile app, uh, Stitcher, and also Apple Podcast. If you are somebody who listens to the podcast via Apple Podcast, subscribe, rank, review. If you can do those things, it would be much, much, much appreciated. So this week's podcast, the vast majority of it is going to be my conversation that is uh, forthcoming with uh, Kyle Lesneski from uh, Brew Crew Ball. Not just from Brew Crew Ball anymore, though. He is now part of the uh, front office with the Milwaukee Milkmen, the uh, independent professional baseball team in the Milwaukee area. He just uh, picked up that gig here over the last week or so. And something I do, especially in the offseason, like last week we had Brad Ford on as our featured guest. That was uh, just after the announcement that he was going to be part of uh, the Milwaukee Tailgate podcast. And uh, when individuals have something that happens in the offseason uh, and they're friends of the podcast, I try to bring them on uh, as quickly as I possibly can. So with that news from Kyle this past week, I wanted to get him on the podcast ASAP. So he's going to be joining us coming up in uh, just a little while. I guess the one thing I'll say here at the top of the podcast, we'll get to the conversation with Kyle real, real soon. Um, I just I don't know what to think about this team right now in terms of if they still have one more big move left in them. Like the, my my heart, my gut, everything says that there is a core member of this team that is not yet on this team, and I would have to think that 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 player is going to be acquired via trade. David Stearns has shown the ability to make moves. Trades are a little bit more challenging right now than they've been in past years because the Brewers don't have the minor league depth to make it quite as easy to make moves. But I feel like there's part of me that really feels like that one more move is out there. On the other side, and we talked about this on last week's podcast, when the organization says they're comfortable with Jed Jerko and Eric Sogard being the uh, the bulk of their third base starts, and they're comfortable with the way the roster is put together right now, I also I completely believe them. I think they are comfortable with how it is right now. And just because you're comfortable doesn't mean you don't add, but in a way it feels like those two things do kind of go against each other. I'll be interested. You know, not that they have to make a move before Brewers on deck. They certainly don't need to uh, make a move to try to drum up ticket sales for Brewers on deck because uh, I believe it's completely sold out, that there are no tickets uh, remaining for that event. And uh, that's going to be um, 
So, but but they do. They do tend to make some type of move before Brewers on deck. Uh, maybe that happens this week. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. It's just been one of those weeks where uh, certainly there's not a whole lot of new information to talk about this week based off the way things have gone. As mentioned, Kyle Lesneski is our featured guest on this week's podcast. Let's get to that conversation. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast is powered by WTMJ Mobile. It is time for a social media conversation. We're going to bring somebody back on who actually had on pretty recently, and we like having Kyle on as much as possible. Generally, in the offseason, we go at least a little bit longer before asking him back on, but he got some really cool news this past week, and uh, we're going to touch on that a little bit at the end of the conversation. But right now, we're very happy to uh, welcome on to the podcast the managing editor at Brew Crew Ball. He is Kyle Lesneski. Hey, Kyle, how are you? Uh, I mean... I guess I'd be doing a little bit better if the if Packers had maybe had a little bit better showing this evening. But alas, it's only 24 days until pitchers and catchers report and 123 days until opening day for the Milwaukee Milkmen. So uh, we are on to baseball season now officially. Isn't that incredible how soon it really – I mean, it's like 13 degrees outside and we're talking we're not that far away from baseball games in some form or fashion being played. Right, yeah, I guess at least we can be thankful that the Packers provided a little bit better of a bridge this year than they did the last couple of years in um, getting us from the end of baseball season to the beginning of the next baseball season by, by making a little bit of a playoff run here. But, uh, you know, now we can we can kind of turn our attention to, uh, to the sport that Wisconsin truly loves. There you go. I like that. The sport that Wisconsin truly loves. I, I like that. I think... Uh, I think Wisconsin I think Wisconsin sometimes gets it's a really good baseball fan base and a really good baseball community and because the Packers are the national team that they are a lot of people when they think Wisconsin sports do think Packers first but it's it, it's tough to find a, a a fan base of a baseball team that's as good as the Brewers fan base and I think the entire state does a nice job supporting them yeah yeah absolutely and I, I certainly think that the fact that um, Miller Park has kind of become a destination uh, where you know that there's going to be baseball being played um, whenever there's a game that's scheduled it has certainly made it a lot easier for for folks in the further reaches of the state to kind of get behind the get behind the Brewers and um, you know plan their pilgrimages every year to to Milwaukee to see the to see the um, the team play and everything uh, we know there's not going to be uh, be any rainouts. Uh, this podcast, we try to kind of focus on, on the week that was more often than not in the off season. It gets a little bit tougher to do that because there's not always things that happen over the course of the last week, and that, that's where we're at right now. But I guess from a real general perspective, I don't know about you, I'm... I, I'm still. I haven't. You know. I think they still could make some sort of a bigger move, some sort of splash. Still make uh, a trade. Maybe make that move right before Brewers on deck, like they've been known to do in the past. 
But it really the, this off season to me felt different as soon as Jed Jerko signed, and we got the sense from the organization that they would be okay going into the season with some combination of Jerko and Sogard over a third. To me, that made this off season feel a little bit different. Now, people might be listening to this on noon on Monday, and at 11 a.m. something was announced, and all of a sudden this is not really applicable anymore. But that's kind of where I'm at, where things just seem to be a little bit different than I was expecting them to be. Where are you at right now in terms of the, the things that have happened inside of this offseason? Yeah, I guess from a, a fan perspective, um, based on kind of the way that the last two offseasons have gone uh, for Milwaukee under David Stern, um, it's probably pretty easy to feel a little bit underwhelmed by how everything kind of turned out this winter. Um, obviously, there's still a little bit of time left, um, but the team is just in a, in a different position now than they've been in the last couple of winters. Uh, they don't really have the prospects in their minor league system to go out and make another trade kind of on par with, with the Yelich deal that they made in 2017. And there's not really any more impact free agents left on the markets. Uh, now that Josh Donaldson is signed with the twins, there, there's, there's not going to be that kind of Lorenzo Cain deal in uh, 2018 or the Yasmani Grandal, Mike Moustakis deals that kind of fell into the Brewers' lap last year. Um, there's just not, not really any of those players left. Um, so if the Brewers are going to go out and make, you know, some kind of significant trade for, you know, a highly impactful player, uh, it's going to require probably trading away somebody on the MLB roster. And I'm saying that, um, you know, trading Josh Hader at this point, who, who would probably be their, their number one uh, trade candidate, um, guy who's kind of had rumors flying around him all winter. Uh, I'm Depending on the return, uh, I, I have a difficult time kind of seeing that as something that a significant portion of the fan base would be able to get behind in the, in the immediate. Um, so, like I said, probably pretty easy to feel underwhelmed. Um, this is a team that has made playoff runs the last couple of years. And instead of going out and fortifying the roster with, you know, some proven impactful veteran players, uh, they've kind of rolled the dice on a lot of bounce back candidates. Um, a lot of guys who, you know, maybe will have some difficulty repeating the seasons that they had last year. Uh, and along the way, they've slashed payroll by more than 20% from where they ended last season. So, um, you know, in, in the middle of this competitive window, this cycle with, with Christian Yelich on the contract that he's on, uh, it, it just, it certainly feels like, you know, the team could have been a little bit more aggressive in, in trying to take advantage of, of where they are and with the core of players that they, that they have under contract and, um, maybe there was some some missed opportunities out there for them. You mentioned Josh Hader, and, and for a while there, the rumors were hot and heavy. I mean, you, you would have thought that he was about to be wearing pinstripes the next day, and nothing has happened. And we haven't really heard anything new in a while. Does that tell you that talks have broken down? Does that tell you that maybe they weren't as hot and heavy as some of these reports were initially out there, or just that maybe things are quiet? What What do you take away from the fact that we're not hearing quite as much about Josh Hader now as we were maybe uh, a couple weeks ago? Well, we, we have kind of learned over the course of the last few years that for better or for worse, David Stearns is the type of general manager, executive that 
creates valuations for the players on his roster and for the players out there that may be available. And pretty much no matter what, he'll stick to those valuations. He's not somebody who's who's going to, at least in his mind, go out and overpay for a player or uh, you know be, be willing to settle for a return on a trade candidate um, that he may not believe is is suitable for uh, you know the type of player that he'd be sending out or, or any of that kind of stuff. So um, I, I would think that at this point it it probably signifies that you know he he's looking for a pretty high return in um, in talks for Josh Hader. Uh, he's not willing just to kind of let him go for you know the best offer that he can get. It's more of you know, he's looking for this specific type of offer. And if nobody's willing to match it, then, you know, he's, he's more than comfortable going into the season with Josh Hader remaining on the roster. Do you, do you think this was the plan? And I'm I'm asking you to like, try to read the mind of Stearns and the organization. Do you think deep down they kind of knew this was because clearly they're trying to go in a bit of a different direction. I, I don't know if it's by if it's a financial thing. I don't know if it's a hey, th- th- what we've done the last couple of years has gotten us a playoff berth, but it hasn't gotten us as far in the postseason as we'd like. So we're going to try to do something different. Whatever the case might be, do you feel like when the off season hit, they had kind of an idea that maybe this is what this year's off season would look like? You know, it, it was reported early on by by a few other outlets that um, the Brewers were planning on on having a, a significantly lower payroll heading into the 2020 season. Um, there were leaks early on, uh, specifically through um, Tom Hardicourt of the Journal Sentinel, that you know the Brewers quote unquote operated in the red last year and. Um, you know, there's any number of of accounting tricks that you can use to show that your team lost money, but really there no baseball team is is losing money in any given year, especially the way that franchises appreciate value um, in today's market. But you know all of that stuff kind of seems to jive with the way that this this off season is gone. Um, it, it seems like you know with the reporting about the the team's financials that they were trying to get get fans to brace for this type of off season and provide some sort of reasoning for why they've they've made the moves that they have they've cut payroll in the in the manner that they did they've they've let go of of seemingly popular and and productive players uh and replaced them with cheaper guys who if you just kind of squint right through those colored glasses you can see that you know maybe they'll have similar levels of production that kind of stuff um, so I, I guess based on everything that's gone down, um, and, and what was reported early on in the season, uh, maybe we should have been prepared as fans, uh, for this type of off season to go down. And, you know, I guess when, when you look at the roster as constructed, um, you can still envision them being competitive and and winning somewhere in the range of of a mid-80s amount of games and and having a shot at the playoffs but you know like I said before I guess when you have in prime Christian Yelich coming off of back-to-back MVP caliber seasons uh, you'd hope that the organization would be a little more aggressive in, in trying to surround him with 
talent that isn't just going to maybe have a shot at the playoffs, but you know, building a team that you can feel strongly about their chances at, at getting to and winning a World Series. We've done this a lot on the podcast where talk about kind of a, a comfort level. Are you comfortable? Are you uncomfortable? And I'm still uncomfortable at third base. The Jed Jerko signing, yeah, I think he fits this team well, but I don't know if he fits the team well as a guy who's going to play a lot at third. Uh, I'm still a little bit uncomfortable with the bullpen because there's some expectations for some guys to uh, take steps forward. But for the, I, I'm comfortable with the outfield. I'm comfortable at second base. I'm I'm actually comfortable. We may disagree on this one. I'm comfortable with Justin Smoke at first base. I'm comfortable with uh, Omar Navarez. I think he's going to uh, – the idea that they can really do a nice job on uh, helping catchers to frame pitches and just make them a, a bit better of a defensive catcher, Like I'm, I'm comfortable in those areas that it's going to work out. I'm not super comfortable still at shortstop. I don't know what's going to happen there. Third base mentioned, bullpen mentioned. Wh- where are you at? Like When you look at, at the positional groups – where do you see areas that you're not super comfortable with as the roster sits right now? Yeah, I mean, I guess when you look at the totality of the players that are here, I mean, you can pretty much look at most of the positions and say, well, they should be fine at at any given spot. Um, they they should be fine at first base. Um, you know, there's there's reason to believe that Justin Smoke is a is a strong bounce back candidate. Obviously, they should be pretty good at second base with Keston Hira. Um, you really couldn't get much worse at shortstop than what Orlando Arcia has been for the last few years. Um, so just about anything could, could be a little bit of improvement over there. Um, you can look at the combination of, of Eric Sogard and, and uh, Jed Jerko and say, you know, maybe they, they they can't get any worse than Travis Shaw was last year at, at third base. Um, you know, obviously the outfield situation uh, should should be in pretty good shape. They were in, in pretty good shape there last year as well. Um, assuming Brandon Woodruff can stay healthy, uh, you know, I, I think that he should be a, a pretty strong force for them at the top of the starting rotation. Um, and then the rest of their depth at that position looks fine um you know maybe maybe lacking for some upside at that position uh i I think the the biggest question mark right now um is probably going to be in bullpen uh beyond josh Hader, uh there there isn't really much proven depth there um we know that cordic enable is not likely to be back for the beginning of the season and he um probably won't be back until sometime in may uh, depending on how his his continued rehab from Tommy John surgery goes, um, so they're going to be relying on on a lot of younger guys there. Um, you know, we'll see how Brent Suter can can uh, continue in in that sort of position. Um, you know, they they're going to be relying on somebody like Dioli Scarra, who they gave a major league deal to. Uh, we'll have to see how how guys like Taylor Williams and Devin Williams and uh, JP Fire Eisen can do, um, you know, as, as they get their uh, first real extended looks at at big league shots in the in the bullpen. Um, I think that, as the roster stands right now, is probably the position where they could they could really use some additional depth. Um, but the the unfortunate part is now at this juncture of the offseason, there's not really 
any more proven late inning caliber arms out there. I believe Brandon Kinsler is still available, um, but I don't think that uh, he has very good feelings about the organization after the way that um, they kind of parted ways with him uh, earlier in his career. Um, at this point, they're probably looking at more like swingman type arms out there. Uh, Robbie Erlin is somebody who's still available. Colin McHugh is somebody who's still available. Um, those guys can operate in both uh, relief roles as well as provide depth for the starting rotation, um, which could be a little bit thin uh, after their starting five, depending on how strongly one feels about uh, Corbin Burns and, and Freddie Peralta at this point. Um, but, you know, like I said, when when you take a step back and, and you look at the roster, the 40-man roster, one through 40, um, it's it's pretty easy to say that, you know, this group of players looks fine, but it's not a group of players that you can look at and feel very strongly about that, hey, this, this team is going to win the division and they're going to have a legitimate chance to win the World Series. And that's, that's kind of the disappointing part about the way that this offseason has gone. The Reds have made some moves clearly in the offseason. Of all the teams in the division, the Reds have probably won the offseason Cubs have kind of done the same thing where not only are they not extending guys, now they're talking openly about the fact that they may not be able to extend any player that's kind of part uh, of their current core. Um, Cardinals, you know, there, there's the rumors about Nolan Arnato. Clearly that would really upgrade uh, that team. They're coming off a division championship right now. They they look probably about as good as they were last year. What, what's your takeaway? Like, when you take a step back and move away from just the Brewers, what's your takeaway on what has happened in this division so far? Uh, I, I do like a lot of the moves that the Reds have made this offseason. Um, I think they've augmented their depth. Um, pretty strongly, and both their position player group as well as their um, as well as their pitching staff. Uh, and we know the types of things that Derek Johnson has been able to do uh, with with the pitchers that they brought in, not only when he was in Milwaukee, but you know the success that they had last year uh, during his first year with Cincinnati. So I I think that they'll um, they'll probably have continued success on the pitching side of the ball with with them there, uh, and they should score some runs more consistently this coming season. Um, but, you know, as you mentioned, uh, Cubs fans have probably got to be feeling pretty similar to the way that Brewers fans uh, have felt this offseason. At least the Brewers, you know, maybe they haven't made their team better, but they've certainly been active and, and have given, you know, fans a lot to talk about. Uh, the Cubs have really just kind of been, been sitting on their hands and, have been talking openly throughout the off season about how they can't afford to add any real players of significance. And, um, you know, in, in one of baseball's largest markets, uh, with one of the wealthiest ownership groups in, in all the game, um, you know, I, I can certainly understand how fans in Chicago would, would be pretty upset with how things have gone there. Um, and, you know, so, sort of the same thing in St. Louis. Uh, they haven't been extremely active, um, but, you know, they, they are returning a pretty strong group of players. Obviously, they won the division last season. Um, and, you know, there's there's continued rumors about them adding in the outfield, uh, potentially a reunion with Marcelo Zuna, uh, which I think would, would go a long ways towards tying their lineup together. Um, 
So, you know, the, the way that things stand right now, I think that it should be an extremely competitive division and it wouldn't really surprise me to see, you know, all four of those teams, um, the Cardinals, the Reds, the Cubs and the Brewers, uh, kind of jockeying for position throughout the season. And, um, you know, we'll just kind of have to wait and see who eventually comes out on top. Before we let you go, and this is kind of the reason I, I really wanted to have you on this week, not that I didn't want to hear your, your thoughts on the club, obviously I do, but uh, especially during the off season when, when friends of the podcast have new things going on, we like to get them on uh, ASAP. And uh, it was announced this past week that you're joining uh, the Milwaukee Milkman in a front office capacity. Uh, I love independent baseball. My first two years as a minor league baseball broadcaster was in independent baseball. I spent a year in the Frontier League, and I spent a year in the now defunct South Coast League of professional baseball. So I've got a really soft spot in my heart uh, for independent league baseball. Uh, talk a little bit about and tell uh, tell listeners what you are going to be doing for the Milkman. Yeah, I'm um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, it's going to be. Um sort of a, a position that kind of blends all the things that I've done uh, with Brew Crew Ball for the last several years. Uh, I'll be doing um, some uh, scouting work, uh, video scouting, looking at different players and that kind of stuff, as well as providing some statistical analysis, a uh, combination of, of both of those, as, or of those skill sets uh, to assist in, in building the roster and, and trying to put a competitive team on the field. Um, after, after last season, uh, we moved on from uh, our original manager, Gary McClure, and we've now got Anthony Barone um, he- heading up the team. And uh, I've been working closely with him uh, in terms of, of trying to figure out how we're going to tie this roster together and, and put a competitive product on the field in 2020 and, and hopefully push towards a playoff berth and, uh, I'll also be providing um, a lot more regular and consistent coverage of the team. Um, you know, writing about the players that that we go out and acquire, and and uh, keeping track of of the things that we do on the field during the season and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I, I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be really good for for promoting independent baseball in this community. Um, uh, it, it's something that I've I've truly grown to love and and to value very highly as as a father of four. Um, you know, it's it's important for me to be able to impart my love of the game to my family, and it's a lot easier to do that in an affordable environment with the milkmen at the Ballpark Commons in Franklin, where you can get into the stadium for for eight dollars a piece and. Um, you know, you're, you're right there on the field, basically. I mean, you can, you can sit a couple of rows back for, for really, uh, insignificant prices. And, um, from, from the kids aspect, it's, it's a lot easier for them to get into the game when they're that close to the action. And, you know, there's all the different things that, that they do in between innings and the different on-field promotions and that kind of stuff, um, than it is to pay. $25, a piece to sit up in the 400 level at Miller Park and, and have to kind of watch the game through binoculars. And, um, you know, they're asking to go to the playground every half inning, that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, this, for me, it's, it's really important to, um, like I said, try and try and develop this team and, and build, um, build a goodwill within the community to, to continue this, this level of baseball in in this market 
um, because like I said, I, I think it's, it's truly a huge value to have for the families in the community and, and for the, the working families in this community to be able to take their families and enjoy an affordable night of professional baseball where we're going to be putting a, a winning product out on the field. So an affiliated baseball, Major League Baseball teams have scouts. They're scouting uh, colleges. Uh, once there's professional baseball players, you got pro scouts that are at every single minor league game. There's books on every player. So when when Major League Baseball organizations are making decisions about who to maybe bring in, even as a minor league free agent, they have gobs and gobs and gobs of information. It's a little bit different for what you're doing. Take me through the information and what you'll have available where you're trying to help assist with making decisions on, on bringing players in. Yeah, so a lot of what I'm going to be trying to do is to develop those sorts of information avenues for the, for the milkmen at, at our level of baseball. Um, you know, we, we don't really have the same... Um, volumes of, of data that we can go off of um, that are just kind of readily available. We don't have a, a huge um, analytics department or anything like that. It's it's just kind of me. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to be working through, uh, we get like a, a release list every year of, of all the, the free agents from for Major League Baseball. So, I've been going through that and, and kind of putting together a database of those players and, and um, looking for certain identifiers and, and um, uh, statistics that, that I value from, uh, from a player evaluation standpoint um, and, and kind of identifying players that we want to target, players that we want to try and stay away from, um, as well as looking through the different levels of, of independent baseball, like, kind of like the minor leagues, there's, there's sort of a hierarchy in independent baseball um, down from uh, leagues like the Picos League and the Pacific Association up to, up to our level, and then uh, the Atlantic League, which is, which is generally considered to be the, the highest level of independent baseball. Um, so going through and, and identifying you know, players that that we want to target and um, players that we think their skills will, will translate well to, uh, to our level of baseball and, and figuring out how we can uh, go out and acquire those players, whether it's bringing somebody in who's a free agent or, um, you know, kind of working out trades and, and all that kind of stuff. Well, Kyle, great stuff. Encourage people to uh, follow you on Twitter. Change the Twitter handle again, I notice, at uh, Kyle underscore Lesneski, which is L-E-S-N-I-E-W-S-K-I. Of course, uh, Reject Brew Crew Ball. Before we let you go, uh, don't don't want to get you out of here without mentioning Brew Crew Ball because uh, w- your crew is doing a great job. And I know you had a tweet recently that talked a little bit about the page views and, and where you guys are at in, in terms of the amount of content and the amount of uh, folks that are concerned consuming what you've got going on it's pretty incredible uh what you've built there yeah yeah um you know two straight years now over um 10 million page views uh we've come we've come a pretty long way since since i first started with the site um consistently one of the top baseball sites uh in the sb nation network um and just continuing to to provide and expand on our coverage uh 
We recently uh, partnered with uh, the MKE Tailgate Podcast Network to um, kind of get a Brooker Balls style podcast going. Um, and we're just, you know, obviously going to continue with the with coverage that we've been providing over the last several years uh, as we head into spring training, start taking, um, you know, positional previews. Uh, we're going to be looking at the community top prospects pretty soon and, um, you know, just kind of getting everybody geared up for the for the 2020 season that's to come. Great stuff. Thank you for your insight. Congratulations on uh, the position with the Milkman as well. That's really, really cool, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Kyle Lesneski joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Mitch and Brewers on deck going to be coming up uh, this upcoming Sunday. I'm recording this uh, Sunday, January 19th. So we are talking about uh, Sunday, January 26th. And uh, from what I understand, tickets, uh, you can't get them anymore. It is a a sold-out event. Uh, If you already have your tickets and are going to be there, make sure to uh, say hello. We are going to have our normal uh, Brewers on deck live radio show that's going to be going on throughout uh, most of the day. It's going to be on WTMJ Radio, also going to be simulcast on uh, a number of other stations, including 94.5 uh, ESPN. Uh, the ESPN station in Madison is going to pick it up, uh, as well as some other uh, stations. So uh, an opportunity to uh, kind of give the sights and sounds of what's going on at Brewers on Deck and also uh, interview everybody. It seems like just about everybody makes their way uh, to the big table for, uh, for that event. So if you're going to be there, there's a stage and there's seats and there's everything you can come on by also I'll be part of the uh, media roundtable that takes place generally I don't know if this is the uh, group that's going to be there this year but generally it's uh, Tom Hodricourt Todd Rosiak from the uh, Journal Sentinel Adam McCalvey from uh, MLB.com and Brewers.com and then uh, I am on there as well so if you're out there check out the media panel we'll have that uh, coming up and always look forward to uh, being able to uh, do that event We'll see if there is a big move that was made before we get to uh, next week's podcast, next week's On Deck event. Our next podcast will be immediately following uh, the On Deck event. There's always a fair amount of news that comes out in that event as well because this is one of the first times for uh, all the players and everybody to uh, speak with the media. So I'm sure we're going to have a lot to get to. While this week's uh, podcast doesn't have quite the content that we normally have, probably going to be just the opposite next week because I would assume there's going to be a number of things that uh, come out over the course of the On Deck event next week. So I look forward to talking to you next week. Appreciate Kyle Lesneski joining us on the podcast, and we'll talk to you again next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.